0: Welcome to Quarantine Seminary with Brother Isom. Welcome back. Today we are wrapping up our walkthrough of King Benjamin's speech with a short and sweet look at Mosiah 6. Mosiah 6 really is a transitional chapter. It's the bow that Mormon puts on the first section of Mosiah. It would help if we had the first part of the Book of Mosiah. If you remember, we were actually missing the first two chapters, which were lost by Martin Harris. Because chapter 6 probably brings some things to a close that were introduced in those first few chapters. But we have what we have, and it's not a lot. Interestingly enough, this is one of the places in the Book of Mormon where one of our chapters aligns with one of Mormon's chapters. So our chapter 6 is actually Mormon's chapter 4. Okay, let's get after it with verses 1 through 3. Benjamin is finished speaking. He gave his people instructions, coronated his son, delivered the words of the angel, reinforced their dependency on God, and the people made a covenant to be obedient. And then Benjamin gave them the name of Christ or the children of Christ. In verse 1, we learn that the names of everyone who entered into the covenant were recorded. And in verse 2, we see that if Benjamin was hoping for something to bridge the ethnic, cultural, linguistic, and religious divisions among his people, this has done the trick, at least for the time being. From what Mormon tells us, there wasn't even one dissenter. That's what you want to see if you're about to hand the kingdom off to your son. Mormon does note that little children didn't enter into the covenant. Now, that's significant for a few reasons. One, it's in line with the angel's words about little children already being redeemed through the atonement, and the Book of Mormon's general teachings about little children having no need for things like baptism. So that's consistent. It's also significant because when those little children begin to grow up, they will have very little memory of Benjamin's words, and some of them will begin to push back against the faith of their parents, for example, the sons of Mosiah. I want to consider a few things from these verses before we move on. First of all, there's the language of, quote, entering into the covenant. We usually say, make a covenant. And both are fine. But Mormon's wording here is probably a little more accurate. Covenants are about relationships, as we've seen. And relationships aren't made. They're entered into. Like relationships, covenants aren't simply the sum total of their parts. They aren't simply 1 plus 1 equals 2. A family isn't just the number of people involved. The family itself has a character and culture, and so do covenant communities. When I think of the covenants that we enter into, namely the Abrahamic covenant, we are covenanting to tie our life into the lives of those who have come before us to tell our story as part of theirs and theirs as part of ours. And while our best efforts to do that are important, it's really the atonement of Jesus Christ that turns those well-intentioned but feeble efforts at building a community based on love and unity into something that can transcend space, time, death, and all the effects of the fall. Saying that we enter into the covenant may be a way of remembering that we belong and that we are beggars. Or maybe I'm making more out of this than I should. The other thing I want to discuss is the recording of names. That's something that we still do today, and it might seem like a small thing in a world where our names and pictures are broadly accessible online. But as someone who has dabbled in the field of history, it's amazing how important a simple name recorded in the right place can be. Imagine trying to tell the story of an event, for example, that happened 200 years ago, you've pieced together bits and pieces, maybe from accounts from people that were in the room. And there's some disagreement. But generally speaking, you feel like you have a pretty good idea of what took place. The more you tell that story, the more solid that story will become, the more certain you'll be in the way that you tell that story. And then imagine a new record comes to light, a new source that tells that story But this time, instead of a person who you were sure was in the room, this record has another name. What's in a name? Well, if you're a historian, the other name may just change everything. So you start to dig, and you learn about their life and their family and their challenges, and then you return to the original event, and it feels entirely different. Instead of three people in a room, it's now three people in a room but one of them just lost a child or three people in the room and one of them knows the president of the United States. Do you understand what I'm driving at here? Mormon may very well have had the list of names of every member of Benjamin's people, even 500 years later. He probably also had records that told some of their individual stories, records that we don't have. He may have known who Captain Moroni's father and mother were, A little later, we'll encounter a man named Nehor who creates major problems for the Nephites by preaching against Christ. How does it change how we see Nehor? If his name is on the list, or if his parents are on the list. There's a lot to a list of names. Finally, in verse 3, we get the final acts of King Benjamin. He sets the kingdom in order, consecrates his son, made sure that there were rulers and teachers to guide the people going forward, Now, it's noteworthy to point out that the king here appoints the priests, and we'll see this again with Noah. It's just a little reminder for us that we aren't yet dealing with a church where there's a high priest directing everything. It's still a kingdom. That will change, though. Anyways, all of this is done in front of the people. Now, in verses 4-7, through we get the beginning of Mosiah's reign. He's 30 years old when he takes over for his father. He's probably married and already has children. His sons, who grow up to create problems for the church, only to have this incredible conversion and to become perhaps the greatest religious and political force in the Book of Mormon, apart from Jesus, may be old enough to remember Grandpa Ben coronating their father, but perhaps not. We also learn that it's been 467 years since Lehi left Jerusalem. For those keeping count, that puts us in the early 120s BC. And remember that Lehi said that Jesus would come 600 years from the time that he left, and that Nephi foretold the events leading up to his coming. So Benjamin, Mosiah, the others in their circle who have access to these records may know that they're in for a wild ride over the next few generations, and we see that Mormon's record really slows down during this time. And then Benjamin dies. This isn't the last we'll hear from Benjamin. We'll see his words pop up again and again. But like Abinadi, we really don't know much about him. And his impact on the story far outweighs his role in it. Mosiah picks up where his father left off, and he leads his people in righteousness, without being a burden to them. And Mormon ends this chapter with, And there was no contention among all his people for the space of three years. That does sound like an ending. Like he's wrapping up a particular story arc and foreshadowing what's to come. What happens at the end of three years? What is going to disrupt this period of righteous unity? In short, what is going to make the story worth reading going forward? Mormon wants us coming back for more. So like many of the cartoons of my childhood, he ends his episode with to be continued. And that's where we'll end for today like I said, short and sweet. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Quarantine Seminary is an independent podcast unaffiliated with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. None of the views expressed here represent the official teaching or position of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our music today, as always, was provided by Dallin Isom. Be sure to check out his stuff at soundcloud.com. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on new content. Until next time, I'm your host, Mason Ison.